You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Oge Ogwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. And so, um, we've been doing a teaching series, you know, in the last three days on prayer. We started with catching the fire, cultivating the fire, spreading the fire. But today I want to teach something fundamentally important to our local assembly as a church. All right. And um, I think that the choir spied my notes because every song back-to-back was, you know, in line with what I'm teaching this morning. I want to talk about the prayer of faith. I think it's a fitting way to end this teaching series that we just started. Prayer of faith. Um, By the way, let me say this. When Pastor Dan was making an announcement... And it was impressed on my heart to see this. He mentioned we have some walk circles. He mentioned how that we have um, all the walk circles. Then he mentioned that we have a kid's circle, the children's church. And he said it's important for us to have a children's church. And I just want to say that in Circle Church, we do our best to make sure children learn doctrine early. All right, I'm not talking about, you know, children's church is not where children go to play till the adults finish service. If you raise a child that way, you are training the child to see church as a place for fun and entertainment. And so when they are older, they would struggle with the concept of submitting to prayer into doctrine, submitting to the leading of the Spirit in the context of a local assembly. And so from when the child can read and write, from when the child has the presence of mind to speak and understand, the child must be brought up in the way of the Lord. All right? And this is for everyone that has children or you are a guardian, you are in charge of someone, let's say you are in charge of um, a... maybe your niece or your nephew, don't excuse them. Don't say, um, oh, they are too young to understand the things I'm saying. No, they are not. Because the world knows that they are not. I I, I got a hold of a kiddie's book. A kiddie's book. It was ABC's. And just right in the middle of the book, very casually, they slipped in a conversation on anal sex. Yes, very casually, in a kiddie's book. And there are so many stories of things like that today. You have stories of um, sexuality being taught to toddlers. I'm not talking about teenagers now. I'm talking toddlers, four years, three years, five years, six years. If you don't take a stance and make sure that God's children, your children, are trained right in the word of God, 
in Christian culture, if you don't take a stand to make sure that that happens, you will end up finding out that you've, you've contracted their development to people who don't have their best interest at heart. Those of us who are married, getting married, about to become parents, listen. Even those of us who are not yet married, start training yourself to be an effective tutor for your children. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you might have to homeschool your children because of the environment you live in. You go to all the schools and you say, ah, I, don't, I can't trust any of these schools. While... We are making plans to move somewhere else. We will homeschool this child. Anybody that wants to do lesson for the child who come, who will do the lesson. It's me and the child that will do the lesson together. The child will sit, I will sit, you'll be teaching the both of us. I'm telling you. All right, the Bible was clear. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he grows, he will not forget it. He won't depart from that way. All right? So don't wait till you have children to say, how do we best communicate with them? Start learning now. Start learning now. That's why we have a children's church. And in children's church, we do our best to teach properly. At least to the extent that the child can assimilate. Because make no mistakes, there's an extent to which they can assimilate. Ah, yes. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get into the teaching. James chapter 5, from verse 13 to 15. James chapter 5, 13 to 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, verse 15, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. I'll start with verse 13. Please go back to verse 13. It says, if is any among you afflicted, let him pray. There is a Christian way to respond to situations and circumstances. Do you hear what I'm saying? I will pray about it is not the reserve of those who are mighty in the Lord. It is your Christian culture. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a Christian way to respond to things. Listen, it is natural and even human to complain. All right. Nigerians, we have a funny way of complaining. Many times we don't outrightly complain. We just turn everything to a joke. Just make a joke out of it. But deep embedded inside that joke is deep sorrow. <laughs> deep. I was watching a podcast and they were mocking, not mocking, just making some commentaries on the guy that did, did you see the guy that was in the cry son he wanted to cry for 100 hours just sat down in one corner and was willing <laughs> and so they were talking about how since you know the lady who won the cooking competition won the cooking competition 
everybody has been trying to break one world record after the other in Nigeria. And the Nigerian commented in the comment section. They said that, see, the truth is this. It is possible to cry on red hours. When you just cry, you cry small. When the tears are drying up, you just remember maybe fuel has increased. We go again. <laughs> Renewed hope, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's natural to complain. Complaining is natural. Nothing is wrong with saying, I don't like it. But if that's all you do, you have forgotten that you are a Christian. <laughs> Is any afflicted amongst you? Let him pray. Did you notice that he didn't say, if is any afflicted amongst you? Let him start telling people of his afflictions. A problem shared is half solved. Come on, did he say that? I'm not saying you shouldn't share your problems. You ought to. No man is an island. Independence is not God's plan for your life. God did not intend for any of us to be independent, to be on our own. Oh, no. God intended for us to need one another. He said it is not good for man to be alone. It was God that said that. If you are single, you are disobedient. I'm just joking. It's a joke. Oh, it's a joke. It's a joke. All right, so there's nothing wrong with seeking sympathy and empathy from those that you love and you know love you. And again, Nigerians, we are king of that. Have you ever caught yourself? Because I won't say, have you, have you seen someone else? We've all done it before. Have you ever caught yourself trying to prove to somebody who is going through a tough time that you have it tougher? Come on, have you, have you, seen, have you done it before? They will say last week, last man stopped me and collected 10k. You say, ah, that one is small. If it was 10k they collected from me, I would have been happy. Me, there is the car, they took the car. <laughs> so, when you've complained to your friends, you've sought empathy from your friends, there is still a Christian thing to do, and it is pray. Do you hear me? There's a Christian way to respond to affliction. And the Christian way is prayer. People who, you know, <laughs> people who say things like, every time all they say we should do is pray, pray, pray. Those people don't understand the effect of prayer. If you knew the effect of prayer, you would know that it is all you can do. It's the first thing you must do. It is the one thing that you will do that will give meaning to every other thing you do. That's the truth. Notice something. I'll show you a portion of scripture. Esther chapter 4 verse 16. Esther 4 16. The backstory here is this, I think, Haman had threatened to kill the Jews. Are you with me? Now, Haman was a top-ranking political officer. So, let's say he was like a senator or a vice president, something like that. He was the king's number two, if memory serves me right. He was a top-ranking political officer. And so, he comes and he, 
He doesn't like the Jews. He's racist. He wants to kill all of them. Are you with me? And Esther, a Jew, is the king's wife. She's the queen. Now, her uncle Mordecai calls her and says, you were born for such a time as this. You better do something about what is about to happen. Do you know that many people, according to conversations on Twitter, many people would expect that she would start a petition, they would send a link round, sign this link to petition against a man. Am I saying the truth? That's typically what we do. And then in a, in, in a brazen act of self-righteousness, we sign the link, but that's all we ever do about that problem. Once you've signed, you don't even really sign anything. You just click the link and click OK or add, added your name to the list. That's the end. Where is that link going to? You don't know. Who is receiving the list? You necessarily don't know. But that, you have done your best. Then you go online and shout when somebody says pray. <laughs> you don't know the person is doing more than you. Even if, even if prayer was not effective, you click the link. The person spent time and energy. Who did more? Anyway, this was Esther's response. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and do what? Come on now. And do what? And neither eat nor drink how many days? Do you know the person talking is the king's wife? Some people will say, we need influence. Now, men of that is not about prayer, it's about influence. It doesn't get more influential than the king's wife. Let me tell you. It doesn't. This is the king's wife. She has his ear, rub his head, cook his favorite food, rub his head three different ways. I say, oh, now this guy that wants to kill my people. Run out for me. That day, Haman would die. In fact, he would just call, he would just call Haman and say, you are dead. End of call. But she said, gather them. Fast for me. Neither eat nor drink three days or three nights. I will also gather my maidens and fast likewise. And then I will go into the king. Which is not according to the law. If I perish... If I die, I'll die. But let me fast first and pray. You fast and pray. This is what solving problems looks like from a Christian perspective. Not just from a Christian perspective, from the perspective of somebody who claims they believe in God. We realize that beyond our strategy, beyond our policies, beyond all the things that we can cook up, there is a God in heaven that sees the secret. Because the limitation of your strategy is uncertainty. You don't know some things that you ought to know. Are we saying the truth? That uncle or auntie that you thought you had in that position, you call them and they tell you, if you called me yesterday, I'd have done it. But I've left that place now. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that something that happens? This is why we pray. Is anyone amongst you afflicted? Let him pray. Learn to count your victories in the place of prayer. 
hear me learn to count your victories in the place of prayer you must be able to look at your life and say the devil wanted this one but i prayed the devil wanted this one but i prayed do you know what it would look like when peter gets to heaven and jesus looks at him and he says ah you made it because i remember when satan sought to sift you like wheat but i prayed for you learn to count your victories in the place of prayer it's not cliche it's not cliche it's not old school Something is happening. Don't just, don't let it be your first response. Every time they tell you so, so, so is happening. And your mind immediately begins to raise, who can I call? They that trust in the arm of flesh will always be disappointed. Do you hear what I'm saying? They will always be disappointed. Human beings will disappoint you. They will. They will always be disappointed. Is any afflicted amongst you, let him pray. He said, is any sick, says, bring him before the elders of the church. Let the elders pray for him. The elders are not the older ones in the church. The elders are the mature ones in the things of God. Let the elders pray for him, anointing him with oil. He says, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Prayer works. Brothers and sisters, prayer works. Prayer works. One of the scriptures I read um, to the church during this refire conference was when Jesus, I think Matthew 23, where Jesus says, when you pray, don't stand in the temple, in the way like the Pharisees do. They, they like to be seen when they pray. He said, when you pray, get into your secret place and pray. And he said, your father who sees in secrets will reward you openly. Do you know how powerful that statement is? Prayer has its rewards. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It has its rewards. My father who sees in secrets, he would reward me openly, my God. So there's something to gain when I pray. There's something to gain when I pray. It's not just about the thing I'm praying about, but prayer in itself, by virtue of being prayer, has rewards for you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Is any afflicted, let him pray. Jesus modeled this in his life. The man knew he was going to die. Jesus knew he was going to die. He, he wasn't like on, at the Garden of Gethsemane. He just entered the garden with Peter. I said, let's just go and pray. Just, you know, touch God small. And then he, as he entered there, God said, ah, you are still here. I thought they would have carried you by now. So I carry me to it. Ah, you don't know. Ah, you will die, you. But don't worry, don't worry. After three days, you'll be back. No, he wasn't just finding out. He always knew. Yet, when the hour came, he was burdened. He said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. He says, so watch with me. I think that's the one in Matthew 23. So watch with me. Watch with me. That the Bible says, he went forward and fell on his face. And what did he do? He prayed. 
The man had always known he would die. But when the hour came, it was heavy on him. So what did he do? He prayed. He didn't just say, I, I don't like, it's giving. I don't. He prayed. He actually took his time and prayed. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. There's such a thing as the prayer of faith. I started, um, so just for context, this should be the wrap-up for the Refire Conference. Because I may say I started this conference. I'm referring to Refire Conference. I started this conference by talking about First Thessalonians chapter 3, where Paul says, I long to come to you that I may perfect that which is lacking amongst you. The body of Christ today is near faithless. I, I, I'm not even talking, I'm just talking about generally, we no longer believe God for things anymore. Do you know how far gone a generation must be? How far gone a generation should be for the nation to be in crisis and a group of people come together and say, let us pray for the country. And Christians, Christians are saying, why must we pray? Is it always prayer? Do you know how far gone we are? Remember last week I taught you one of the vital signs that, that shows you that you are in trouble is where you can no longer release faith and trust in God's goodness. It's one, of, it's one thing to watch out for. When somebody says, I, I don't feel so good, and your first response is always, have you gone to the hospital? Let's go to the hospital. And that's the end. You never say, can I pray with you? There's such a thing as the prayer of faith. And today, I want to take my time to have a mild conversation on faith. If we had more time, I would expound as much as possible on the subject of faith. But I'm teaching practical faith today. I'm not talking about saving faith. I'm talking practical faith for your life. Three times the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Three times. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Galatians chapter 3. I think verse 11 or 13. Let me see. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. Three times the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Matthew. Matthew, Mark rather. Mark 11. Mark 11 verse 20. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. You know what? Put up verse 12. I want to show you something quickly from verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Verse 13. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came. If happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. Verse 14. 
And Jesus answered, say Jesus answered, and said unto it, No man eats fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. When I read this scripture, I, 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 I gleaned a couple of things. The first is this. God created everything in nature to be responsive and intelligent. God created everything in nature to be responsive and intelligent. If you read the book of Genesis, the creation story, there's something you'll find. When God wanted to create this, he would speak to something he has already created. Is that true? Are, are you with me? He, the, and the Lord God spoke to the soil to produce the seeds of the earth and trees came. So he would speak to something he has already created. And then it will produce. The same way Jesus stood before the fig tree. Notice Mark's rendition. Jesus saw the fig tree without fruit. And it was as if the fig tree without fruit was a statement in itself. And so he answered it. Are you with me? He spoke to the fig tree and said to the fig tree. So the first thing is, everything has intelligence. You may not understand. Uh, I, there was a man, he was a prophet, I think he was Ezekiel. He got into a valley and there were dry bones. Remember that? There were dry bones in the valley. And, and the Lord said to him, son of man, can these dry bones live again? Ezekiel said, great master, senior man. It's only you that knows if dry bones can live again. And then God said, speak to the wind. Are you with me? He said, speak to the wind. Call the wind to bring life. And so Ezekiel spoke to the wind. The Bible says the wind came from the four corners of the earth and the bone was joined to bone, sinew to sinew, flesh to flesh, and a mighty army was born. God created nature to respond. Are you with me? God created nature to respond. And so, there's something you must quickly learn, and it is this. Part of learning the prayer of faith is knowing how to speak to things that need to be spoken to. And knowing when. Jesus looks at this tree and he speaks to it. And he says, no man will eat of, eat of thee again. Are you with me? Number two. Jesus spoke the desire, not the process. I'm teaching you faith now. Please pay rapt attention. He spoke the desire, not the process. He said, no man will eat of thee again. Notice, he didn't say, um, you, you will dry up from the roots. And then when you dry up, your, your, your fruits will dry. Your leaves will fall. Then no man will eat of thee again. Here's why. Faith, although it is instant in your spirit, would require 
a process and time. And many times, how that process will play out is not dictated by you. You just have faith for the end results. What happens between the beginning of faith and the receipt of what is hoped for is not on you. Are you with me? Are you following what I'm saying? And then number three, Jesus spoke publicly. The Bible says, and his disciples heard it. And his disciples heard it. Listen, brothers and sisters. Dare to trust God. And dare to trust him publicly. There is no, listen, if you observe the dealings of the people of faith in scripture and the way they spoke or dealt with God, there's something you will quickly learn. Many of them did things that were seemingly stupid publicly in obedience to God. Ah, this weekend, I, I, was, I was fascinated by the story of one of the generals of faith in Nigeria, Apostle Babalola. Have you ever read about that man? Ah, he was a force to be reckoned with. I was, I, was, I was just reading up on him and watching some things on him. And I couldn't help but think about how dynamic his faith was. I mean, he walked into a city and proclaimed to the city that in a number of days, a wild beast will ravage the city if they don't repent and turn to the Lord. They chased him out of the city, arrested him. I think a couple of weeks later, I think two or three weeks later, the entire city was taken by smallpox. How many of you have heard that story before? The entire city was taken by smallpox. Imagine if nothing happened. Listen, you can't walk with God, eh? When God has given an instruction or God has said something or God has promised you something in your heart and he tells you to proclaim it, you now say, let me not proclaim it in case it doesn't happen. You can't do that. You can't. Do you hear what I'm saying? You will soon find that there, there are exercises of faith. I will talk about that very soon. And I will explain why you can't do what I just said. If God tells you Go and tell this person that this will happen. You not saying it may hinder it from happening. So you didn't say it because you were scared that it will not happen. But you were the reason it didn't happen. Are, are you with me? And the devil is smart. So when it doesn't happen, he will validate your fears by saying, thank God you did not talk. Oh, because if you had spoken, look at now. <laughs> and so the disciples heard it now you get to verse 20 something interesting happens and in the morning as they passed by they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots ah. so verse 21 and Peter calling to remember said to Jesus master Behold, look at this fig tree that you cursed. It has withered away. Verse 22. 
And Jesus answered him and said, have faith in God. So think about it. Why did Jesus give this response? Has anybody, has, has, has someone done something so spectacular in front of you before that your response is, how? Has that ever happened before? Yesterday when I came back from, from my journey, I went home um, in the evening with my wife. And we were watching, we just opened YouTube, and we were watching these people performing a dance. And I was just, I was, I was amazed. I was like, ha. Ah. There was one that somersaulted, he landed himself on the floor. I'm like, how? How are you? Don't you have bone? Are you not feeling pain? That was Peter's response. He wasn't, Peter wasn't just making commentary like a newscaster. That, uh -uh. Ladies and gentlemen, if you look to the right, you would see the tree that was cursed yesterday it has dried no he said master please don't be angry this is not the tree you cursed yesterday now maybe you don't understand how powerful it is trees don't wither overnight do you know if you uproot a tree and keep it lying on the floor it will still take weeks before the wood dries properly are, are you with me so how, how did you cause this tree yesterday and by today it has dried up? And Jesus looks at Peter and he's like, uh, don't worry, calm down, it's easy, it's easy. It's an easy thing to do. Have faith in God. And then Peter is like, you have come again. But Jesus responded that way. This response shows you that Jesus did not think that what he did was exclusive to him. Do you hear me? So, so the person does the thing and you're like, how? And the person is like, oh, it's easy now. You can do it. And then they show you, do this, do this, do this. And then you do it and you're like, wow, it worked. Amen? That's what happened here. Jesus has cursed the tree. Yesterday it was blossoming about, and notice, it wasn't like the tree was unhealthy. If you read verse 13 and verse 12, it will tell you, that the reason why the tree didn't have fruit was it was not in season. It would be like going to a tomato tree when tomatoes are not in season and you want to take a, you want to pluck a tomato fruit from it and it's not there. And you, are, you now say, nobody will eat tomatoes from you again. It's not my time. So it was a fully healthy tree preparing for harvest season and then tomorrow it is completely dead and dry. And Peter is shocked. How? How did you do this? And Jesus says, it's easy. You too can do it. All you need to do is have faith in God. Do you know that on subjects of faith, Jesus never understood or he could not compute the doubts of the people that were with him. The one time they were all in a boat, there was a raging, you know, the sea was doing what seas do. And there was a storm. The disciples could have sworn that today. Have you ever seen your life flash before your eyes before? Has that happened to you before? Oh, if you drive in Lagos, it will happen more times than you care to admit. There was one day I was driving from, I was driving from Unilag. I was going towards um, Equa, where Equa used to be. So there's this road. I know that the devil has a shrine there because the people, it's like when people get there, they forget their home training and driving skill. Just drive anyhow. So I'm driving like this, and I have the traffic lights. It's green. 
says I should go past. This traffic light on this side is red. This one is red. So tell me why, as I entered the road, one guy came at me with full speed, then swerved around my front and continued his journey. And I just stopped in the middle of it. You know when you just stop to process? Like, ha. I almost died now. Because he didn't know I was coming. So it was just God's grace that there was space for him to do that thing he did. I say, ha. Thank you, Jesus. But has your life ever flashed before your eyes before? So these people are in a raging sea. The storm is doing it. And maybe you, you, you've never sat down to think about what a storm looks like. But, see, I don't know if, like me, you played this game when you were small or you had this thought that which one would you rather have an accident in? On air, on the land, or in the sea? Raise your hand if you ever had those. How many of you concluded that land is better? Air. Woo. I think air is the worst because how? Now you're on sea. You are in the middle of the ocean. And maybe you have not seen the ocean before. But there is a point you get to in the middle of the ocean. You can't see anything. If you look straight like this, as far as your eyes can see, nothing. As far as your eyes can see, absolutely nothing. Nothing. Not, you are in the middle of nowhere. The ocean is freezing cold. Then the storm comes. And it's not like your boat is just rocking side to side. No, sometimes your boat goes. It's almost as if it wants to flip over. You are, you are literally scared for your life. And this man that has been working miracles in Galilee all the while, now that we need you, you are sleeping at this time. So they woke Jesus. They honored Jesus normally. But now their lives, they woke him up. Don't you care if we perish? Wake up! Wake up. Can you sleep? Are you sleeping? I, so if we die now, who will do disciple for you? I'm sure it was Peter that woke him up. <laughs> Say, wake up. Must be of that nonsense. Why are you sleeping? With all due respect, sir. Wake up. <laughs> and Jesus got up and he calmed the seas. Then he turned to them and said, Oh, ye of little faith. Like, he, he didn't understand why they had to wake him up for that. So, how long will I be with you? So, wait, if I was not here, you would. That's, do you know that's the meaning of that question? So if I was not here, you wouldn't do anything. You would die inside this storm like that. If I wasn't inside this boat, you'd just die. How long am I going to be with you? When will you learn? Jesus could not compute doubt. He didn't understand why people had doubt. To him, it was easy for everybody to do. He, he dried up a fig tree. Peter is like, ah, he said, I'll just have faith in God. It's a simple thing. Are you with me? What verse are we on now? 22. Verse 23. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that whosoever, say whosoever, Kai, say whosoever, so faith is available for whosoever. That is, everyone that believes in God has access to faith. Are you with me? Let me paint a picture that you will understand. A lot of people think that faith works like this. Faith is uh, something that you receive externally from God. 
So when you see a man that has great faith, God gave him the grace for faith. No. Let me explain it to you. On an average, um, doctors and people who study human bodies say that we have about 600 muscles in the body. Where's Ati? Is that true? You read, you read this thing in school. I will always call you Ati. We have another person I know. Who, who are you pointing at? Call the person's name so that. Who? I didn't hear the name. Deji. Okay, so you're Anemeka. All right. So I'll just be, I'll be using people to fact check now. But we have about 600 muscles in the body. Every healthy human being has the same number of muscles. Whether you are fat or you are short, you are tall, you are slim, you are buff, you are mighty, you are not. Everybody has 600 muscles in their body. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you seen Dwayne the Rock? Do you think you have the same amount of muscles that he has? Well, it's the same 600 you have that he has. If he looks that way, he exercised the muscle. The same ones that you have. Oh. That guy's hand is like three people's head. Like if you put someone's head, another person's head, another head, and it reflects, you won't see the head behind the arm. But it's the same muscle. You have it. If you didn't have it, you can't do like this. So you have it. But it's different. Because you exercised. That's the way faith is. Every believer has been given a measure of faith. Romans chapter 12 says as much. Romans 12, 3. Every believer has been given a measure of faith. That means it is an innate culture in the believer. Like it's, it's part of your build up to trust God. Kai, Kai. Listen, sometimes, just like him, um, the, the rock, sometimes um, you exercise the muscles to build them. But sometimes situations and circumstances will push you to where you must use those muscles. Is that true? Good. In the same way, every believer has been given a measure of faith. Are you with me? The only problem is that some people never exercise faith until it is dire. And there's something we need to understand. You may give your best, but your best may not be good enough if your best is not honed to be good enough. So, if you did not train the faith before the day of trouble, in the day of trouble, there's nothing that will make the faith carry that trouble. Nothing. Do you hear what I'm saying, children of God? So you have faith. Faith is not something you have to psych up. It's okay. All right. Let's do this. We can do this. We can do this. God, I trust you. Wait, I'm not ready. Let me do it again. <laughs> That's not how faith works. It's something you've got. But you've got to exercise it. So have faith in God. Notice Jesus just said have faith in God. You already have faith inside of you. Just direct it towards God. That's it. That's it. 
he says whosoever he says verily verily i say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart and he but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith next verse we'll read this one together Everybody read together, want to go as loud as you can. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Say face. Faith is for whosoever. If faith is for whosoever, then the capacity is in everyone. All we need now is capacity building. Are you with me? Mm. All we need now is capacity building. Listen, I want you to build your faith to be like the Hebrew boys. You know how crazy you must be that a group of people heated up fire a furnace, you know, to punish you. The Bible says that the furnace was so hot that the people that heated the furnace up were burnt by the furnace. They didn't enter inside though. That is, the heat from the furnace consumed them outside the furnace. Then, the three of you look at that furnace and you look at the king and say, oh king, live forever. We're not careful to answer you in this matter. Our God is able to deliver us from the mouth of the very furnace. Daniel too was crazy like that. He said, don't worry. Lions, hungry ones, God will deliver me. God will deliver me. And when they threw him into the pit, the next morning, the king ran there. Daniel, did your God deliver you? He said, uh-uh. My God shut the mouth of the lions. He, he shut it. He, he closed their mouth. Take me out. If you want to leave me here, it's fine. Are you with me? There are faith exercises. Listen, I want to tell you something. Make up your mind today that you will live by faith. Make up your mind today that you will live by faith. I'm, I'm checking. Is this the real time? Let me tell you, when I, when I, when I checked, I, as I was expecting to see maybe like 11.15 or 11.20. So now I'm seeing 11.32. I'm wondering where the time ran to. Make up your mind today that as a Christian, I will run my life by faith. Very quickly, faith exercises. Faith exercise number one is called obedience. Jesus did you notice that many times in Jesus' ministry are you with me many times in Jesus' ministry he worked miracles by giving people instructions go and wash yourself in the pool of Siloam listen no matter how many prayers we have prayed for that guy if he did not walk down to the pool of Siloam and wash himself, nothing would have happened. Absolutely not. I prayed for a young man. 
a while, I think some years ago, he had this terrible pain in his right leg. I think that was what happened. I prayed for him. I said, how is the right leg? He said, well, the pain is still there. But as I was praying, I, I had a note of victory in my spirits that he was healed. So the Holy Ghost told me, tell him to stamp the leg. I said, ha. Holy Ghost, if he stamp this leg and he's not healed, the pain go bad. It may even worsen. But I know better than to argue. I will just register that he get us this instruction bill. But nevertheless, at your command, I will do what you said I should do. I asked the boy to stamp the leg. He stamped. Like when I, I asked him, how is the pain? He checked. He, he did all the things he couldn't do before. And the pain was there. He said, the pain is there. So I said, stamp it. He stamped the leg. Then he said, wait. They started doing all those things again. The pain was gone. Listen. There's a way God works. That if you don't understand, you, you will miss out every time. 10 out of 10 on what he's doing in your life. If God says go this route, don't say there are men. If, if the prophet says go and wash in this river Jordan, don't say there are many other rivers in Israel. Do you hear what I'm saying? God, you pray, God, do this for me. God says, I want you to do this first. Don't say, God, is there any other way I can do it? There isn't. If there was, he would have told you. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's an exercise in faith. And like all things spiritual, you grow spiritual faculties by using them. Are you with me? You don't grow spiritual faculties by reading on them. Listen, no matter how much you read on the word of knowledge, if you don't step out and tell people what the Lord puts in your heart to tell them, you will never grow in it. Are you with me? No matter how much you read on faith, if you do not exercise it, just blindly trust God and obey. You will never, never grow in faith. Never. Strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have exercised the senses. You grow spiritual faculties by using them. So, I want to be a man of faith. You already have faith inside of you. It's in a seed form. Grow it, grow it, cultivate it. Are you with me? That's how you grow that faculty. You become better at it. You know how to express, express faith more. Praise the Lord. There are faith exercises. There's another one that is not very common. Or it's common, but we don't teach it the right way. There's something called importunity in prayer. Do you hear what I'm saying? Importunity in prayer. I, I wish we had time. Would have done a commentary on Luke 18. Would have done a short commentary. It is an exercise in faith. Listen, I know that prayer must be driven by God's will. But there are times that God gives allowance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I will prove it from scripture. God gives allowance for the man that does not let him rest. The prophet came and told, was it Hezekiah the king? Say your days remain, is it 15 days remaining? How many days? You will you, you soon die. The Bible says Hezekiah tore his clothes and went inside. And was, he didn't come out. 
He went to pray till the prophet came back and said, God will add 15 more years to your life. There's something called importunity in prayer. The woman meets Jesus. Her child is sick. Said, heal my son. Jesus said, healing is for the children. We don't give the children's bread to dogs. The woman said, dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the children's table. Heal this boy. Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith. He called it faith. She refused to go. He called it faith. I'm telling you, there's something called importunity in prayer. Where you refuse to shift. You say, God! We'll do something about this thing. Luke 18, 1. Jesus told a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to faint. What was the parable he told? There was an unjust judge who didn't care for any man. He didn't care about anyone. And there was a woman, a widow, who was wronged. And she kept going to meet him for years, saying, avenge me, avenge me, avenge me. Jesus said at some point, the unjust judge said, if I don't avenge this woman, she will keep disturbing me. I know I'm unjust. I don't care about anybody, but let me help this woman out. This was how Jesus, okay, look for that verse of scripture in Luke 18. This was how Jesus ended the scripture. Um, you know what? Give me a second. I didn't plan to read this part of scripture today. Look at verse 6. Let's start from verse 6. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge says. And shall not God avenge his own elect? Read the next line together. Everybody wants to go. Which cry day and night unto him, though he be along with them. Do you know what though he be along with them means? It may not happen immediately. He may have been quiet for a while, but they've been crying day and night. He said he will avenge them. Are you with me? Verse 7 and verse 8. I tell you that he shall avenge them speedily. Read the last line together, want to go. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Jesus calls importunity in prayer, he calls it faith. That like that woman, if you are able to stay and pray and say, God, you will do it, you will change it. He calls that thing faith. Are you with me? It's an exercise of faith. That like Elijah, look, listen, I can go on and on and on and on and give you examples on examples. In fact, Elijah's story I'm about to quote was um, um, referenced in James chapter 5, the, the scripture we started with, where he says, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. He says, confess your faults one to another, pray ye, so the pray there will be the prayer of faith. Are we together? Pray ye one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Verse 17 says, Elijah was a man of like passions just like you. He prayed earnestly that it may not rain for the space of three years and it did not rain. How did Elijah pray for the rain to come back? The Bible tells us he went to pray. He went with his um, servant. He put his head down. He prayed the first time. He said, go and check. The guy went. Nothing. What did he do? He kept praying. Are you with me? He kept praying. Seven times he prayed. So the man came and said, I see a cloud like the shape of a man's hand. Elijah said, that's the one. Go now. Tell Ahab, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Go, go, go. Listen, there is, there is a practice of faith that is called importunity in prayer 
I won't let go. Let's see, I can keep going on. Do you remember Jacob's story? I won't let go until you bless me. I won't let go. I believe strongly in the sovereignty of God, but I believe that God in his sovereignty has permitted for man to make demands like this. There are many stories in scripture. And it's interesting, almost every one of those stories has been used as a teaching on faith. Luke 18, teaching on faith. Elijah was used as a teaching on faith. Almost all of them. It tells you something. Even when the woman, the woman um, that Jesus said, like, think about it. Think about it. You go and meet a man. My child is sick. You say, heal my child. And then the man says, the man heals people normally. He says, healing is children's bread. You don't take what is for children and give it to dogs. Is it my son you are calling a dog? My child you are calling a dog. She glanced past that. She went beyond it. I can keep going on. Bartimaeus, he was on the way. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They went to tell him, keep quiet. He cried till Jesus heard him and healed him. What about the woman with the issue of blood? She pressed. She There's something called importunity. You must press. It's an exercise of faith. She pressed. There was a crowd. She made her way. Do you know how weak she would have been? This woman has been bleeding non-stop for how many years? I think 38 years. 12 years rather. 12 years. Bleeding non-stop for 12 years. At that level, they must have been giving her drugs for the thing, tonics to keep up. She must have been very weak. Yet she heard Jesus was around. She pressed until she touched him. When she touched Jesus, Jesus turned and said, who touched me? Someone, there's a way in opportunity in prayer. It tugs at God. It pulls him. He said, who touched me? Someone touched me. Peter said, no, no, no. There's a crowd around you. Different people are touching you. Jesus said, no, this is a different touch. I know where somebody pulls from me by faith. Someone has pulled something from me by faith. I know it. I felt it. Who is that person? The woman said, it is me. What was Jesus' response? Your faith has made you whole. Opportunity in prayer is faith. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let us stop that culture. You prayed once, you prayed twice, you said God is not doing it. No. Sometimes you stay on it. You say, God, I know you are faithful, you will do it. God, I know you are faithful, you will do it. You see me, you will do it. In fact, this seems to be the more common definition of faith in the Bible. God told Abraham, you would have a son. And for 25 years, cried Jesus. He was going around calling himself father of many nations, but he didn't have any child. Everyone has a measure of faith, but it's up to you to exercise it too. So I know you probably received a word a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago. You received a word and you just prayed the one time and then nothing happened. So you just stopped. Oh, no. You don't know how it works. That's not how to work. Some things, listen, I heard Pastor Chris say this. It changed my life. He said, there are some walls you get to. When you get to the wall, it falls because you came. The anointing. He says, some you get to. You speak to it, it falls. He says there are some you get to, you will push it down and go through. You will push it, you will push it, it must fall. Do you hear what I'm saying? You push it. 
So some things look stubborn. You say, ah, you don't know me. Make up your mind to be more stubborn than the devil. When the devil says I'm stubborn, you say challenge accepted. Do your worst. Let's go. He will do you pray. You say, God, I'm on this matter. It must change. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's faith. It's the prayer of faith. Praise the Lord. This is faith exercise. Amen. Mm. Look around your life. If every victory you've ever won came by strategy, you are living subpar. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is nothing special about your salary being one million and you bought a car of two million. Nothing is special about that. You just strategized and saved money here and there and you got it. Do you hear what I'm saying? There are, listen, this is the story of my life. I'm telling you the truth. What I'm saying to you is the story of my life. It's how we run this church. Those of you who are workers and you are close to the pastorate, you know that I'm saying the truth. That's how we run this church. It's how we do things here. This church is run on faith. Shabit God said we should do it. I said we will knock on that door till it opens. We will knock on that door. It must open. It will open. Do you hear me? Mm. Look around your life. What victories did you, you... Will you say, ah, I pressed for this. I had faith for this and it came. Stand to your feet. Pray in the language of the Spirit. I want you to practice the prayer of opportunity today. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you have them. Practice the prayer of faith now. Sigh. Hit that wall till it falls. Hit that wall till it falls. Hey! 
to pray but let's read a version of scripture first john chapter 5 verse 4 pick your bibles first john 5 4 are you there Everybody read 1 John 5, 4 as loud as you can. One, two, go. For whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. One more time, as loud as you can. For whatsoever. Repeat after me. Say, Father, I insist on victory. Say it one more time. Say, Father, I insist on victory. Go ahead and pray. You better pray. You better pray. So taka para de belegos.
You have a few more seconds. Make it count. He has opened every door. He has broken every chain. It's by the power of the Spirit. By the power of the Spirit. Yes, the mountains will skip like rams. And the rivers will run their course. Jesus. By the power of the Spirit. By the power of the Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Child. The power at work in me. Power at work in me. I am sent into the world. Samana kaparate keposo. Hallelujah. Say this after me now unto him. Say it louder now unto him. Who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. I can ask or think according to his power that is at work in me. Come on, rejoice. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Say, things are working for me. Say, and I'm working it. Say, the devil says no to me. But I will succeed anyways. Say, things are working for me. Say, I'm working it. Say, the lines are falling for me in pleasant places. Say, I have a goodly heritage. Say, I have what I desire. By the faith of God in me. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
Ah, thank you. Listen, we're going into a fasting week. This is the best time to prove what you just learned. This week we are fasting because next weekend is miracle service. This, this is the best time to prove everything you just learned. See that thing that that door, that wall that has been strong, you, you knock, it's not going down. This week, hit it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hit it. Esther said, I will, see, you people should gather and fast and pray for me three days. I will go and fast and pray three days. Then after that, I will go in. It was on the strength of the result of the fasting and prayers that Israel was freed from the hand of a wicked and malicious person. It's the best time to prove it. Is it true that God hears the... Is it true that God is the one that answers the prayers of, of men? If it is true, this week I will see it happen in my life. I will pray and pray and pray until something changes. Jesus said men always ought to pray and not faint. Men was always praying. Men was always stay in the place of prayer. And it's the prayer of faith. It's enough. Listen, it's in, we should be tired right now of all oh, the God, why me? God, you are not yielding any results doing so. Worry is taking you nowhere. Do you hear what I'm saying? Uh, Jesus said, take no thoughts. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding, it will, it, will, it will flood your hearts and your minds. So we're going into a fasting season now. This week we're fasting. Take time out to pray. Don't let anybody chase you. Say, God, is it true? David said, oh God, that answers the, pray, um, that answers the prayers of men, unto, unto thee shall all flesh come. Are you the one that truly hears prayers? Ah. And God hears. Listen, God hears the cry of his people. When Abel died, God called Cain. He said, the, your, blood, your brother's blood is crying out from the earth to me. You better take it seriously. Don't play with prayer. God hears you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Were you blessed in today's service? Ah, I wish we could just continue. Just spend some more time. But next week is miracle service, right? We'll give, we'll give ample time for this to happen next week Sunday. I'll just take a few announcements. And they would be out of here. Please package your offerings. You must learn something about the realm of the spirit. There are some gates that need proper introduction before they are lifted. You hear what I'm saying? You stand before the gate. You say, lift up your heads, O ye gate, that the king of glory might come in. The gates will ask you, who, who is this king of glory? It's your duty to respond. Is the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Then give the instruction again. Lift your head. Lift it. Let us pass. Sometimes you take your time to introduce yourself to the problem. Pray. Let devil say, ah, it's play we're playing with you. 
be a dangerous person spiritually. Do you hear what I'm saying? Be a dangerous person. Let your faith work. Release it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.